Hi, this is Rob High with CCW Safe. Welcome to the CCW Safe podcast. I'm here again today with my partner, Philip Naiman. Philip, good to have you again. Rob, glad to be here as always. Wonderful. How's your week? Uh, very interesting. We actually were out of town most of the week. We went to uh, Idaho and Wyoming. Uh, looking for a future home of uh, the Firing Line radio show. So we are, you know, California is absolutely crazy. We failed to get rid of Gavin Newsom on the, on the recall election. And um, things have, things have, the heat has been turned up out here. So people are looking for options. And uh, we were out there looking ourselves. So we did a great travel, had a lot of safe travel, a lot of great people there in Idaho and, and Wyoming and Salt Lake City. We met all kinds of great people and saw some beautiful, beautiful places. But you know we're uh, we're still here in California, and uh, just just uh, we're recording this from the People's Republic of Occupied California, behind enemy lines, coming to you, folks. Realize this: I am coming to you from the future. If you don't control what's going on in your states, this is your warning. This is this is what may happen. I am coming to you from the future. Change your ways. I'm the uh, ghost of Second Amendment past. You know, you want to listen to me and change what's going on in your states so you don't have to deal with what we've done out here in uh, California. See, Rob, now, aren't you sorry you asked me how my week was? I am, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we had this last week, uh, super busy week here. Um, Jacob Paulson's group, concealedcarry.com, and uh, his staff brought the Guardian Nation Conference, uh, training conference to Oklahoma City, uh, hosted out at the Oklahoma City Gun Club. Huge, huge facility, able to, to put up with all our numbers, uh, had multiple ranges for multiple instructors. We had guys coming in from all over the country, about 100 students, pretty close to that. But this was, this was a, a little bit different kind of a training class. This wasn't, you know, as you said earlier, this, this wasn't just standing on a line and uh, drawing and, you know, two in the body, one in the head, uh, shooting, reloading drills. This was way more nuanced as far as self-defense is concerned. It had a little bit of everything. Um, and, and honestly, if, if you're going to take your right to carry really seriously, you need to think about all of those other little options. You know, we preach all the time about um, disengaging if, if possible, um, not, not becoming involved. If I can walk away from a fight, that's a fight I win. Um, but there's sometimes we don't get that option. And sometimes I don't get the option to get to a handgun or I don't have a handgun with me. So uh, it was really, really great training. Um, just top tier instruction came from all over the country. Um, and it was a great course. We had tremendous feedback by the guys that came through it. And so you had, uh, Jacob Paulson is one who set all this up, right? He is with guardian nation. Yes, sir. That's his, that's his group. And they do a lot of different training. Um, they've got their own membership as far as I, as far as I know, I know very little about it, but they have their own membership. You can find them online if you're interested in joining them and getting in more of their training. But uh, Mr. Paulson actually set this up with a bunch of different really high end trainers, right? Yeah, it was it was top shelf guys from all aspects, you know, and you and I touched base last week about, you know, being your own first responder. Uh, this training 
kind of covered a little bit of every bit of that. Um, Todd Fossey came in. Um, he taught some empty hand techniques, uh, close quarters stuff. Um, he did some uh, retention stuff. You know, if you're going to carry a gun, you better know how to hang on to that gun, keep it in the holster or keep it in your hand. Um, so that's just, that's critical training. If it's more than just strapping a thing on your belt and, you know, going down the line and, and pulling it and shooting it. Um, you know, we see, uh, we see a lot of YouTube videos of people disarming firearms, right? Master Ken, yeah. right? Master Ken videos, um, disarming somebody with a firearm. But what you don't see a lot of is retention of your own firearm. Right. And, you know, obviously, you know, the other videos are, they are what they are, but um, the important thing, if you're carrying a firearm is how to maintain control of it, because that is your life. It's your family's life. It's everybody else's life in there. You certainly don't want to get, and we talked about this with uh, people of open carry versus concealed carry. You know, you can be ambushed with open carry because you just don't see something coming and they know you have a gun, concealed carry is a little bit different. You still have to maintain possession. So that's a great training session there about maintaining possession of your firearm. And don't worry about the other guys, maintain yours, right? Um, you also talked about some of the different conditions in shooting. You know, for instance, a lot of bad things happen at night. Yeah, and it, it's something that you have to prepare for. Um, as, as an expert, that's one of the things I want to know is, you know, Phil, what's your training background? What kind of things have you done to prepare yourself, not just operating the little hangy down thing? You know, everybody can, can learn how to press a trigger, um, but you have to have all the other things in place. Um, you know, Chuck Haggard came out and did some uh, less lethal stuff. He, had, he did a lot of stuff with, with pepper spray. Um, great training, teaching people how to, how to deploy it, how to, how to implement that into their, their personal safety measures. And I'm and not just, gonna... just for the people in California, pepper spray does not mean number six shot. Okay. <laughs> That's not pepper spray, non-lethal. Okay. So be, be aware of that. Don't make that mistake. Um, but it's, you know, it's just another tool in your toolbox, something else to, to help you stay safe. Uh, and Chuck and, uh, Matt Little also did a course Saturday evening, um, on shooting with alternate lights, whether it was a handheld light or a weapons mounted light. Um, we, we got, got to use a, a magnificent facility here in the Metro Wilshire gun club. They let us come in and, and take over their range for the night, cut the lights down and and let people utilize that, that uh, artificial light source uh, in their shooting. And it's, it's a different thing. It's a different, it's a different animal. You know, law enforcement does that. They're required to qualify nighttime, daytime, those kind of things. Uh, but it's things that, that I'd, I'd want to be able to go, you know, if I'm, if I'm involved in a self-defense incident and it's just protecting my home, somebody breaks in, uh, you know, how did you identify the suspect? How did you identify the person as an attacker? Um, you know, well, I've, I've had this kind of training and I, I did these things and, and I knew for sure that this was what was happening and I had no other choice but to defend myself, something along those lines. Um, so it was great, great training. And then 
the uh, well, you know, let's let's talk about the lights for for instance. Okay, um, you know, I, I use mag lights quite a bit, and that's a handheld light, which is right. different from a light on a gun. Right. right. And the techniques are completely different. And I, I have both. I, I love my lights on my gun. I think that's the best way to go. But some guys might have something like a, a 1911 that doesn't have a light rail on it or mm -hmm. a um, CZ 75 without a light rail. So you don't have that option. And and a handheld light is a way to go. So or is your option with that. So talk a little bit about the techniques that they would use, you know, because the first thing you don't want to do is, is hit your light and lose your own night vision and identify where you're at. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so they're teaching the proper deployment and how not to blind yourself with it. Um, also, if I've, you know, if you and I were both together in the house and, and had a threat come at us, you know, I don't want to do anything to backlight you to illuminate you, you know, for an attacker. Unless um, I owed you, you know, you owed me money or something, then two well, birds with one stone. Yeah. Well, it was nice to know you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, these guys get out there and, and they're, they're teaching you how to use actually the, oh. the beam and the angle of your light to, to kind of clear a space fractionally um, so that you can actually get eyes on a perpetrator before they see you. Um, it's if it's done slowly and properly, it's it's a really, really effective tool. So, well, here's the other part of that is some of these lights, you know, I, I've got a stream light on my firearm. Um, I, again, I use the mag lights, you know, you've got a thousand, eleven hundred lumens. And what's different about their stuff is it's extremely focused. And if you hit somebody in the face with a thousand lumens, um, they're, they're basically night blind. You know, they're really that by itself is a huge advantage when you're defending yourself is is a use defensive use of high focused light energy. It can be an amazing uh, game changer for you. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, as soon as, as soon as I do that, I you know the the things that are huge for me in in defensive positions are, are time and and space, time and distance. Uh, and that, that alone is, is maybe all I'm going to need to get that additional distance or, or get to a different point of structure that I can actually take, take solid cover behind. <clears throat> yeah. And that's the other thing is, Sorry, the cops are catchy. Um, that's the other thing is you have to find how to put yourself in a position to survive, not so much that you're always on the attack, but in a position to survive. And I think that's a great mindset that they probably were going through that, uh, probably through the whole course. Everybody's segment talked a little bit more about that, right? Right, of course. Um, the uh, the ability to, to kind of <clears throat> mentally put yourself in, in these positions before you're actually thrown into those positions. You know, we, we're going to fall to our level of preparation. Um, and it's, you know, if, if I, if I can run myself up to, you know, a hundred percent with no stress, the, you know, you're just not, you're, you're kidding yourself. If you think you're going to run at a hundred percent, you know, in a, in a life or death critical incident. Um, so, we, there was a lot of the instructors out there that, that spoke about getting ahead, putting yourself into that position of discomfort, 
you know, I, I don't want to operate in, in my comfort zone. I got to press myself outside of that. And it's the only way to really get better and better. Um, and it was, you know, the, the guys that were instructing did such an incredible job because we had guys on the line that have carried firearms for a while, but, you know, I, I carry a pocket gun. I don't, I've never come from a holster. Um, you know, so you, you're working with a guy that's first time ever coming out of a holster is, is a live fire training with a bunch of people that really do shoot. Um, and then, you know, by that same token, you've, you've got other instructors online that are, that are teaching you to come from concealment and drawing fire in a second and under that's pretty high speed. You know, there, there's not a lot of guys that are doing that. And, uh, it takes a lot of practice to develop and get your, get your skill set to that level. Um, you know, it's a lot of guys, when they, when they're pushing the envelope, trying to go faster, 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 especially when you're first starting out, I mean, this is my personal choice recommendation. It's something that I do actually myself um, is I'm not going to do that with live ammunition when I'm first starting out there. But one of the things that I've done is I actually got a, a Glock 19 airsoft pistol because if I shoot myself in the foot, I can still laugh about it later with my airsoft pistol. I may not like it. I may say, Phil, you're a real idiot. What are you doing? But that kind of a mistake while you're training is a lot easier to overcome than live ammunition in a real firearm. So one of the things is, you know, if you're, if you're starting off, try and find something that's a replica of, of what you would carry on the streets and use the airsoft version especially if you're carrying appendix carry, you know, an accidental discharge there could be lethal. Not talking about limping, you're talking about a femoral artery. And uh, anyway, what's the name of the game is safety. You need to get your reps in, you need to do practice, right? Everything we do is practice, 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 getting the reps in, doing the reps, the muscle memory. So it doesn't matter if it's the same weight, same actions, everything else, um, just for the drawing and the firing part. If you're doing that, you're going to get a lot more reps per week than if you're going to the range and trying to do it on your own at a buck around. Just saying. Absolutely. You know, um, the agency I used to work for, we we would take kids out on the range and we we go a day and a half of doing nothing but presentation fires, of, the, yeah. of a of an empty firearm, mm -hmm. um, and then you work them through loading and unloading, you know, loading and, and dropping uh, empty magazines, but just get them in the practice of how to feed that magazine into the gun and, and those kind of things. And they do thousands of repetitions. Um, the thing about that agency is I, I didn't require that you would have to do, you would have to carry that holster. If you had another holster that you were, you were familiar with, and you'd rather work from a different holster. That, that was fine. Um, but I'd have guys that, that would just see the, the newest, latest, greatest. And all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I got this holster. Right. And well, I my, think I have a little, I have that gene, I'm afraid. Yeah. And my, my first thing was, you know, and they're like, can I carry it? Well, there's nothing that says that you can't, but how many repetitions do you have so far? Um, I know how many you had when you were in basic recruit school, and that's that's the kind of repetitions I need you to have before you do that for le for real for yeah, for get on the street. You're going on the street, so and that's a, that's a good point. We'll we'll talk about that when we come back from this break. But 
the different holsters have different systems. It's not the same grab point, not the same release, especially if you're dealing with the level three retention systems that you did in law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we'll be right back. Stay with us and uh, we will uh, we'll carry on with this when we when we return. Thanks. All right, so there's a break for your guy. So um, hopefully they're gonna cut this part out, but as we come back from the break, then we'll go through, just like we came off there, levels of retention and how that works into carrying concealed. Welcome back to the CCW Safe Podcast. I'm Rob Hyatt, I'm here with my partner, Philip Naiman. Phil? Hey, glad to be back. We made it through the uh, commercials. <laughs> um, we were talking before break um, about having to break in a new holster, having to, to come to terms, come to learn that same familiarity. Um, you know, obviously, uh, a law enforcement holster is, is a little different setup. It's a, it's a, for a patrolman, it's an outside carry. It's, it's on a big heavy, sturdy belt. Um, they always have different levels of retention built into them. And there's a combination to make it where you kind of unlock the gun where it can come out. And you even have a, it's stiff on the outside where it stays in one place. It's not floppy. It's not, you know, um, gunslinger action. It's, it's a, you know, either got Kevlar or a Kydex or something in there that makes, or aluminum even, that makes this thing stiff and always in one spot, right? Correct. And, and, you know, mine, at least my first couple of holsters actually had uh, set screws that I could actually lock into place on the belt. It was always exactly in the same place. Uh, it didn't move, didn't slide. Um, as opposed to when I went to, uh, when I became a detective, um, you know, you're carrying something that you don't always have to have a gun on you, especially if you're just sitting in the office banging away on a keyboard. Um, so you'd get guys that either had uh, oh, a leather holster that just slid on and off the belt or a paddle holster that would just slide, you know, slip inside the clip waist. Clip in, clip off. Clip in and clip out. Really easy to put on, put off. Um, they had a little bit of retention to them, um, but... I mean, you can get those that are kind of like the old, old holsters where they're just kind of a bucket holster. It just kind of like falls into the, into the pocket. And then uh, there's some of them that had little bits of retention built into them. Um, but when I was, when I was running the police academy, uh, I would all the time get, get contacted by vendors that, you know, what about this? What about that? We'd like to, like to send you a, a T and E model and and tell us what you think and i would i would typically tell them you know give me three or four of those and all of a sudden they're like you know i'm going to give you a holster why do you why do you need that many and i just let them know that i'm going to i'm going to go to my defensive tactics guys we're going to put it on a belt and the first thing i'm going to do is is tear it up we're going to we're going to rip this thing up and and see how sturdy it is and see if it's durable enough to to hold up to law enforcement standards you know, as a concealed carrier, I, I don't really, 
had those same requirements, but um, through those tests that I was able to perform with my guys, um, there was also a lot of little places that, that you found that, you know, yeah, that is a great concept, but, uh, you know, there was an issue with Sherpa holsters for a while that, you know, you just have somebody come up and they just grab onto the handle of the gun and just rip down and it was breaking the paddle on them. You know, all of a sudden what you thought was, was connected to you is on the ground. Uh, so it, we, we'll have some, some, some different looks at some different holsters today. Phil and I both got a little bit of stuff. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I, got a, uh, I got a Home Depot bucket over here full of holsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, one of the things you talked about was like the universal one size fits all. And this is actually uh, a holster that I have here. I want to illustrate. That's really pretty common. A lot of guys like these, I think, because they're cheap and you can find them on, you know, sportsman's guide or cheaper than dirt or something like that. But it's this little itty bitty one size fits everything um, holster. And it's a soft leather Actually, I saw a video of a guy who shot himself because as he sat down, this leather curled. And if it can curl like that, it's going to hit that little hanging down part on your firearm. And uh, he had to explain to his wife why he had a, a mark on his rear end and ruined the car seat. So the other part with this is it's not retentive. There's no retention at all in it other than the friction between your belt and your body. If you fall, if you trip, there's a good chance of any kind of a holster like this, whether it's a, a Kydex, well, they don't make the Kydex like this, but if, it, if it's a nylon or a leather, a one size fits many, means it fits many very poorly. And you're going to, you may have issues with that. If you're in a physical altercation, you were talking gun retention earlier, um, this is going to slide out. You're going to have an issue. It's going to be spilling across the floor. And if you've got your hands full with one person and there's another one there, yeah, it's not a good position to be in. So um, all of these, these are cute and they're inexpensive. Um, they may not be the best choice for you when you have other options. And so you mentioned Serpa. Yep. So this is a, a Serpa holster for a Breda 92 and a Taurus 99. Um, I, I run the Taurus. So I really like that gun. But the retention on this, I didn't know about what you talked about for the uh, pushing down snaps the bolts but the retention on this is actually with your index figure right over the trigger and as you push or next to the trigger as you push down on that and pull up on the gun there have been reports of, of some people um having a ne negligent discharge when they pull out because their finger is pulling back as they're pulling the gun up and under excitement they end up you know making a mistake and again that's probably because they switch between holsters and as you said, with repetition, they didn't go 10,000 draws before they started to carry this in the field with live ammo. So what got it, what was a good habit with their old holster became a very bad habit with this one or vice right. versa. And so again, if you're going to have, I don't have an opinion on it either way. This is America. You're free to choose what you want to carry. Just know what the upsides are, what the downsides are, make your own decisions. Well, you know, even as a, as a brand new officer, um, we had the ability to carry off duty. Um, and I just got in the habit of always being armed. Um, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to look like I was stupid. I wasn't a big gun guy when I got on the department. Um, I, I grew up hunting, so I was very familiar and comfortable with a shotgun. 
Um, but I'd never. That's hard to carry concealed. Yeah, well, depends on the shotgun. Depends on your pant size, yeah. <laughs> and your pants size. You can't wear short uh, pants. <laughs> uh, well, unless you got your short shotgun, and, and then you're in trouble anyway. Uh, but it was one of those that it was such a new thing for me, the, the handgun. Um, and I didn't know any better. And, you know, I've, I've got a family and kids and bills. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do things as much on the cheap as I possibly can. And I did like you were talking about, you know, I got this little nine one thing that one size fits most. Um, and it was absolutely a, one size doesn't fit anything worth a crap. Um, but it was, you know, $11 holster and I got $11 worth of good out of it uh, because I was- And you survived it. And I, I, by, by dumb luck, I survived it. Uh, but, you know, I was just, I was afraid to ask anybody, you know, hey, can you, can you guide me in the direction I need to go on this? Um, but even now, you know, uh, I, bought a, I bought a SIG P320 and when I got it, it came- with a little holster, but again, it's a paddle holster, um, has zero retentions built into it, um, just slips in and out, not a, not a big deal, but the only time I would ever put a gun into that thing is if I didn't have anything else in the world to put it in. Um, or you're shooting at the range and you just want to carry it around or something, you know. You... Uh, yeah, there's there's no other reason. Um, and as soon as I have the money to to get something worthwhile, I, I do. Um, <clears throat> you know, I've, I've got another one that uh, I I had made that is, you know, you talked earlier about Kydex and you want something that's going to be uh, form-fitting, uh as I'm locked into my, my rig with my belt and everything else that I have, um, I want it to retain its shape. Absolutely. Um, but the problem that you have with these is if there's anything missing in the molding on that gun, um, a lot of them don't have uh, a retention screw to let you adjust. No. And, and if it's really, really snug, I've, I've know of people that have, taking hair dryers or heat guns to them to kind of loosen up that plastic again. And now you've ruined it. Um, so there, there's, there's things about those that, you know, there, there's pluses. It's, I'd rather have that than I would a floppy leather. You know, that's, that's right. just dangerous. Um, that's, so we're, that's, we're kind of going from worst to best, right? So, yeah. so here's a Kydex holster I had made. Uh, I think uh, Marty, anyway, things out of business now, but, uh, what I like about this is I was running my Glock 19s with a light on them. Right. Okay. So this is designed to carry it with the light on it. Again, the low light. But if the light is not on the Glock 19, you don't have the same level of retention as far as, you know, just turning the gun over and shaking it like this. Right. You may have less retention on it because it's not designed for that. So that's one of the things to think about uh, if they're specific. Now, um, who's this? Is there anything here? Yeah, Alien Gear makes this other one. Here's another one for Glock 19. This is for internal waistband. 
So one of the things they do is they put neoprene across it because this goes on your body. And, you know, you're in Oklahoma, it's a little warm last week, right? 90 degrees, Southern California, it's always hot here. You know, we have two seasons, uh, brown and concrete. And uh, that's it. So the neoprene is nice because it helps you absorb your sweat. The problem is it, it does absorb the sweat. And the, this again is a friction holster. So your body is, your body is going to hold that, gun and where's the, there's a camera you know as you press against it uh the tighter the fit i guess is the best retention for the gun and these hook underneath your belt loops um a real pain in the rear end to take on and off if you're in an office setting and you take off your jacket you want to put it in, it's it's a giant ordeal it's not clipping it in clipping it off so they're a good design for for long-term concealed carry but um, they're not easy on and off if you're in a business setting and you have to take your firearm on and off um what about something like this what's your idea about the say a guy wants to carry a revolver um as long as that has got a little bit of stuff built into it so that it oh, this, has is design, this is designed for well, model 29 but so not for appendix carry, but Correct. <laughs> you know, um, this is, this is a form fitted holster. Safari land makes it, but I'm talking mostly about the thumb straps. Um, Do you have any opinions on those? I, I don't have an issue with them, but I've got, I've got thousands of reps coming out of a holster like that. Um, it, it really depends on the, the work that you're going to put into it. Uh, my thing with leather is always, are they reinforced and do they have something in there that's going to help them hold that shape? Leather covered over Kydex, right? Yeah, yeah. So the one thing that I've heard, and I haven't had an issue with it, but one thing that I've heard is with a thumb strap, hey, you can draw just fine, but it's if you have to do a one hand reholster, sometimes guys have a problem reholstering the firearm, whether it's a semi automatic, a single action semi auto, uh, or, or a revolver with that piece of leather coming towards the trigger guard as they're, as they're focused on something else and go to reholster, that it almost takes two hands, one to clear it, and then you're kind of lasering your hand as you're reholstering. So again, these are opinions to be aware of. You make your own decisions, but I have heard guys, at least you know, keyboard commandos tell me that's an issue. I, I've never had a problem with it, but be aware of it. I, I get that, um, but really, you and I are talking about uh, the average concealed carrier. Um, I'm not really talking about a guy that's going to have to go immediately go hands on. You know, as a as an officer, I I I present my firearm, I do my thing, and it's it's really a big deal for me to be able to deal with my empty hand and be able to not look holster and go hands-on when I need to, because I'm still going to have to go search somebody or handcuff somebody or do something like that. Well, I was thinking more yeah. like maybe you're, you're holding a cup of coffee and you have to. Holster. <laughs> um, I, I didn't, I didn't get that good at it. I don't guess. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we had a training officer that, that you could be in a pursuit with and, and, as you're driving and yanking and going left and right, and his big deal was no matter how fast or how hard you drove, he, he wouldn't spill his coffee. He just, nice job. 
Exactly. Uh, um, here's here's a Safari Land uh, in, inside the waistband holster, mm -hmm. and so I can get the camera up there. So the way this one works is the gun itself fits in your pants. Okay, yeah. goes inside your pants. This clip goes over the top of your pants and your belt rides over that. So when you pull, it holds, as you pull the gun up, the holster stays in place. That's an important thing. Your belt is very important. If you have a very flimsy belt, like maybe a, a you know, a Ranger belt or something like that, that's not reinforced, it's just a wide nylon belt, those give, right? Those, and that can be an issue on a, on a draw stroke. It can be that's an issue cool. if you have a clip over and it gives, you can draw and have your holster in your hand. And usually that's not a good look, I, I don't think. <laughs> uh, probably going to get you laughed at by your bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, um, but that, you were talking there for a second about being able to get back in with that, with that thumb brake on the, on the leather holster. Um, there's really not a rush that's so to, go, to go jumping back in to go hands-on with somebody. I mean... Uh, if you've got the time and space, I could just go to a low ready and wait until help, help lives or whatever. I, I don't, I don't have to, to race to get back in that holster. Um, you know, we see this a lot in, in competition shooting. I, mm -hmm. I see it all the time where a guy gets up and he's yes. Why? Yeah. You know, cause one time you're not going to clear that last shell and I see literally throwing the gun in the bucket, yeah. kind of a reholster. And it's like, man, that's, that's, there's, it's like flying an airplane. What are the two dangerous times when you're taking off and when you're doing a slow motion crash landing, which is called a landing, right? Well, what are the two most dangerous times you're going to hurt yourself with your firearm, hurt yourself, the draw yep. and the reholster. Yep. And it's like, when you're, as you just said, I think you made such a great point there, Rob, Reholstering should be like a Barry White song. Take your time. Yeah. You got all the time, you got all night to reholster that thing. Take your time, make sure your shirt didn't get pulled out in the way that could catch a trigger coming in. Anything, right? Who knows what happens, but bad things can happen when you're in a rush to reholster and you're reholstering that fast for no reason. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's senseless. Uh, you know, the other thing is. You know, law enforcement, he's got to go hands-on or he's got to go to another tool. He's got to do something. He right. needs to be able to continue to evaluate threats. And so the ability to just find that holster and, and put it away is is kind of a big deal in his skill set. Um, being in, in the concealed carry world, um, you know, you were talking about all the things, you know, your shirt or the 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 thumb break or anything getting in the way of, of reholstering. Um, I think it's really critical that not only am I going to be on the line working on my fundamentals and my shooting techniques and those kind of things. I'm also really working on my draw stroke and I'm working on reholstering, but I think it's really critical for most people to, to slow down enough to where I like to train it with with civilian carriers to, to go slow, look at your your holster, look slowly place and everything is safe. Um, so I, the biggest deal, you know, you're teaching a kid how to 
how to catch a baseball, you know, look the ball into your glove, look the gun into your holster, take your time and get it there safely. Even if it's been in a critical incident, you know, when, when it's time to put it away. Yeah, if you're reholstering, it's over. Absolutely. You know, when, when we're doing shooting drills or I'm taking a class with like some of these guys we've mentioned, but um, you know, you draw, you fire, you're moving, you're reloading, whatever it is. The other thing is like your stance. It's wider when you're shooting and you're moving, right? Yeah. Personally, for me, when I'm reholstering, I actually stand up straight, get my right leg <laughs> under, out from underneath the holster, and then I reholster, right? It just, not I don't know. It's, it, I don't want to be that guy on that video that goes, I just shot myself. I don't want to be that guy. I will take the extra half a second. The, the timer's over. The drill's over. The thread is over. I will take that extra time. And, and honestly, when I'm reholstering for an inside the waistband, again, this is, this is Phil's paranoia and his love of not shooting himself. I'll pull the holster out. Like here's, here's a, I carry this, a P365. Okay. It's in a Kydex holster. It's got a snap over. I, you know, usually have an appendix carry. So when I need to reholster, the, the firearm is out of, of this, obviously when I'm reholstering, I'll reach over, I'll pull this, take it out, put the firearm in the gun. Nobody over here, put the firearm in the gun and then reholster it as a unit. That's just, that's my paranoia, but I don't see how I could hurt myself doing that. Yeah. The shirt's not in the way, you know, cause look, you, uh, you draw appendix, you got an overshirt, maybe an undershirt. Maybe you have some body that's uh, in the way. You don't know, right? Your belly button lint could grab the trigger. Just things okay. happen. Again. Again. Um, you know, I was, we were, we were still talking about the, the instruction and stuff that went on out there at the guardian nation conference. Um, one of the guys that was out there is actually a friend of mine, Spencer keepers. Um, uh, the other thing about Spencer, Spencer is, uh, is a holster manufacturer. He, he runs, uh, keepers concealment <clears throat> and he's the one that's got me to move to appendix, um, and he's come up with a system that uh, your belt slides through it. It belt slides through, but that goes, you know, over my waistband, so the belt mm -hmm. comes through. Um, the block, he's got an adjustable foam block, so it's very comfortable, and it kind of, kind of pushes, angles it away from uh, important and, things, and it and it keeps. And it keeps the gun from printing. So the handle is pressed into my belly a little bit. Um, but super, super comfortable. Um, I think that's a great innovation. He's made a really, really nice product here and, and, and really, really takes care of a lot of people. Um, now you're carrying appendix carry. You're carrying that, uh, the SIG 320 appendix. Yeah. See, that's a full-size gun, folks. That's a five-inch barrel, right? Yeah, full-size gun appendix carry. You can carry them like that. Do you remove it uh, with, like when you're getting in a car? Uh, this one's comfortable enough that I don't. Um, just don't See, have on, to. On, on mine, I'll actually, as I'm getting in a car, kind of look around, take it off, sit down. Um, I guess if I was skinnier, I could, you know, leave it on. Uh, another one. Um, this is this is one that's kind of kind of been my go-to just because it's it's a small gun. It's a Springfield XDS, um, but it is 
super easy. It's got this ulti clip on it. So, so that's got basically everything we've talked about. It's Kydex formed. Yes. Leather covered for, for basically for comfort, right? It's got a belt. looks like an over under belt loop. So it kind of cams in. Is that the way it works? This one is, is just a Kydex. It's just a colored Kydex. Oh, right. um, so it's got the ulti clip here fastens onto my, my, my pants. Um, it is crazy how tight that grips onto your waistband. So um, it's almost like, like one of those nope things doesn't matter. An alligator clip that goes across the top of the fabric. Yeah. And then the, the silver hook there, if you hold it back up again, goes underneath the belt. Uh, no, this is actually uh, trigger guard. This is, this is from flashbang holsters. Um, Lisa and Julie over at flashbang holsters uh, basically are the ones that kind of came up with this wing. Um, but basically it puts pressure in again to keep the the butt of the gun from printing oh, so okay i see once it's in so it, it just kind of kind of turns the handle back into your belly a little bit um but it's a super super comfortable easy to easy to use easy to draw from um really super easy to conceal um one of their other holsters um is kind of like those setup that you had um, it's not neoprene, uh, it's actually suede. And then it's got the Kydex form mm -hmm. over, but again, they've got the ulti clips on there. So once, once I've locked it in again, inside the waistband, um, whether I have a belt or not, it just absolutely securely locks itself, clamps itself down. That would be a lot easier to take on and off than this. Cause this, you have to deal with. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, but there's all kinds of little different things out there. Um, and, and those are actually those last three are, are the ones that have really been kind of game changers for me. Those are my personal holsters now. They're, they're really comfortable. Um, uh, the, the girls at Flashbang are also the ones that came up with the bra holster. Um, so you don't have to demo that for the, for the women that are out there. It's, it's something that, uh, you know, it just the firearm kind of kind of tucks underneath. You're here demoing it. Strap. You don't have to demo it. <laughs> um, but it's you know it's this is not a gunfighter rig. This is this is a worst case scenario, and and right. I've got my kids, and and but I'm I'm safe, and I've got. I've it's got a lot a better than putting it in your purse, just loose banging around in there, because that's Absolutely. not a good idea. Absolutely. Um, Safariland also has some personal holsters with retention. Yes. So if you're somebody who wants to have retention on there, not just a spring loaded retention where it grabs around the trigger guard or, or a light or something like that, or the grip, but actually has a locking release. Safari land has a couple of different models I have here. And this does come inside the waistband, but this particular one is kind of unique because the release is down here. It's as you grip the gun and pull up, your middle finger releases the gun and comes up. Other than that, it's locked. You cannot get it in. So, you know, the handle comes out this way. If a bad guy's pulling on it, he's not getting it. Your gun is going to stay inside your holster unless somebody has the proper grip stroke to draw it straight up. And that's, that's a little locking button here below the trigger guard. 
So it's not your index finger doing anything. It is your middle finger. Neil Perkins, the uh, founder of Safari Land, was telling me that he makes sure that all of his, any device on his Safari Land, you do not use your index finger for anything for the locking devices. So if he has them, it's going to be your thumb or a grip or something else that, that is going to release the gun. I like this a lot, except that they lined it with suede. So it's very sticky. So yeah. the gun does not like jump out. It's just like, anyway, that's the one thing I would get it unlined. And the uh, other one, and I'm sure they all have model numbers here, but you can go to the website, find them. Yeah, we're not, we're not selling them. We're just showing you options here. So this is a paddle holster. Again, this does come inside the uh, waistband. This is set up for outside and it's got a thumb brake here. And this is for a Glock 17 and Glock 19. Um, I, this is what I use for IDPA. It is very, very easy to draw. The gun just pops out in your hand, reholstering it. It's, it's got a huge bucket to reholster in and uh, the gun clips or the release clips on the front of the trigger guard. So it's in there securely, it's locked. If I trip and trip and fall, I'm not gonna drop my gun out of the holster and get a non, you know, a DQ on, on a stage and it's safe. But um, those are levels of retention you can have inside the waistband and in your personal carry as opposed to just using a friction. Right. Um, How about shoulder holsters, Don Johnson style? You like those? Uh, I don't. Uh, Tell I, me I about think, them. I think they look good. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's not a gunfighter rig. It's, it's something to just carry. Um, I know a lot of investigators that, that wear them like that. And I think as much as anything, they just do it because they look cool. Um, as far as practicality and functionality and and having well, to get my gun really quick. If you um, can wear it with a linen suit and a colored t-shirt while you're wearing, you know, loafers, then you got the right look. But if you're not wearing it correctly, Don Johnson style, then it's, you know, it doesn't look right. But if you do choose to go shoulder rig style, there's two different models of the way the gun carries. This is a Safari Land model uh, where the gun carries pointing backwards. Now, a lot of guys like this. They think it's a great way to carry. You, in order to draw the weapon, you do have to laser your own arm to get it out of the holster. It's always pointing at the person behind you. Okay, so there's, there's issues there. So that's one issue. Again, it was great on the movies, right? I mean, Tubbs always used a shotgun, but Don Johnson used this particular model. Of course, he used a Smith & Wesson 59. I never liked that gun. But anyway, um, in order to draw, you are, you are lasering. What we teach you is never point a firearm at anything you don't want to shoot, destroy, or pay for, or maim, or kill. You're drawing it against your, your uh, artery up here and your, your bones and everything else that you like. And it's Plus, if it goes off as you're taking it off, you don't even know what happened behind you. So that's one issue with the under the shoulder carry um, and probably why you don't like those. Oops, I got too much junk on my desk here. It's attacking me. All right. So the other one is a vertical carry, a la Dirty Harry. So this, the gun rides vertical with the buttstock towards you. So if you were standing there talking to somebody in interview style and they popped you in the head and reached inside your jacket, where's your gun go? Yeah. <laughs> right. Again, it was great for Dirty Harry. We love that scene. All the scenes uh, may not be the most practical way to carry one uh, for today's age, especially you've always got to wear a jacket and 
you know, most of the time in June, if you see a guy wearing a jacket, you're thinking he's carrying a gun. So that's right. Sweating out. So yeah, I think you're, you're right on those. Uh, they do look really cool. Um, great. I know Steven Crowder likes to wear one while he's doing his radio show, but we'll give it to him. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were talking about, uh, the ability to carry an extra magazine with you. Um, there's, there's some of these guys that put uh, a holster out. A lot, of, a lot of them are out there now that are kind of based on the Kydex model and they have an additional brake over the front. Um, I think they refer to them as a sidecar um, that has that additional magazine carrier with it attached. Um, those, are, those are nice rigs, they're nice setups. Um, there's also a couple of, couple of different ways that you can you can go um, again. Uh, Flashbang holsters has the one that's that's got the ulti clip on it, so I can fit it inside my waistband. I can anywhere slide, you want. I can slide it in my pocket, and I can still, you know, draw and get to my magazine and do what I need to do there. So carrying a magazine in your pocket, you, you know, you got a loose magazine here. So carrying this in your pocket, it, it you put it in there nice. Oh, okay, so if I have to reach it, it's like this, perfect. Yeah, then you walk two steps and it's sitting like this underneath the bottom and you can't get to it, right? Or it catches on something. So loose in your pocket, better than nothing, not the best idea. Controlling where your magazines are, you can be far better off. Yeah. Um, and there's different kinds. There's, there's friction ones. There's some that are specifically made for your gun and your magazine. Absolutely. No. So again, you have the choices there. And, and that's great. Um, I, I kind of like, you know, I, I, I'm a little OCD adult, so I, I kind of like delving in and seeing whose stuff works for what, um, I have, uh, a number of different guns that I wear depending on what, what I'm doing and, and what I'm wearing and things like that. So well, they've got I mean, to match your shoes. Obviously. Uh, but, uh, Pitbull makes one that is adjustable um, isn't that a wrapper it i believe so uh i don't believe that's his magazine uh <laughs> carrier um but but these little things have got a belt clip super easy to 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 slide in um the gray area in here is actually like a rubber band so i can take this um it's a magazine from a smith and wesson mp fits I change out and I go to the magazine from the Springfield XDS, fits. I, I move from that and I go to the full size P320, fits. Nice. So it just it just expands and contracts with that with that rubber band system. I think it's a great little product. It's 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 really inexpensive for what you're getting. Um, so that's bit, yeah, because you just leave it on your belt for whatever you're carrying. Right. And, and, and now you were worried yeah. about matching your shoes. So does the rubber band come in different colors? I just uh, not that I know of. <laughs> you may want to think about that. We should think about that. <laughs> well, I think we've covered a lot of ground here for today. Um, you know, congratulations on a very successful conference with the, uh, the Guardian Nation. And I, I hope uh, Jacob Paulson's getting better. I understand he's a bit under the weather. So we'll pray for him on that. But uh, um, yeah, high-end, high-end trainers. Um, and, I, and I imagine if somebody's interested 
and doing a conference with CCW Safe. They just need to contact you guys and work it out, right? Absolutely. Uh, we we love to 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 be actively involved in in. Uh, Should we give them your cell phone number? Uh, we'll give them yours. <laughs> I don't have one. Um, it, it was a great conference. So one of the other things I wanted to touch on really quick uh, was a, a trauma medicine course that they had out there nice. as well. Um, super, super good course. Um, it was uh, Mountain Man Medical. They're they're affiliated with Guardian Nation, um, but amazing training. Um, there's other guys out there. Caleb Cosi runs Lone Star Medics out of Texas. <clears throat> But these are guys that, you know, this is this is training that that is really critical. Um, teaching you how to use properly use uh, a tourniquet, how to use chest seals, how to how to use stuff to to pack an injury and and stop the bleed. And you know, we uh, typically, typically, I actually hosted a, a gunshot trauma course out here in Southern California uh, with the radio show, and um, chest seals. Very interesting because if you do what you think, you kill the guy. Yeah. So if you use a chest seal, he lives and it's like, oh, put pressure on it. It's lung wound, put pressure on it. Well, you just killed him. Yeah. yeah Very have interesting. To, have to know what you're dealing with. It's it's really, really a big deal. And and even if I'm not carrying a firearm, if I understand how to how to do some quick emergency trauma stuff and stop a bleed, you know, you can save somebody's life. And that's going to come in handy, even just rolling up on a bad traffic accident or something. So, and that's the thing. Once again, you are the first responder. Yeah. Yeah. You can be, you certainly can be. Um, so preparation is everything. All right. Very good. So we're going to have a great time next week. We'll talk about uh, everything that happened over this weekend, right? Which we don't know what it is yet. So (laughs) in this day and age it's always going to be exciting because something's going to happen yeah i did want to want to give a a quick little shout to one of our ccw safes affiliates um danny bait beheimer um he's from u.s precision defense um if you'll use danny's direct vanity link uh you can get 10 percent off any one of our memberships at ccw safe um, that link is www.ccwsafe.com forward slash USP. Uh, actually, it's USPD, uh, US Precision Defense. Uh, it's 10% off everything. Every day. So, so that code will get you 10% off of uh, any one of our service memberships. And uh, we'd love to have have you join us and and we appreciate you guys following us so far. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about that here. So do they just go to the website? Cause I'm, you know, I'm technologically challenged as you found out the last couple of weeks here, do they just type in ccwsafe.com forward slash, or is there a code at the checkout that they use or is it both? That, that forward slash is going to get you to, right to his, the checkout to his link. So uh, yeah. it's www dot ccwsafe.com forward slash uspd uh so be, be nice to help danny out a little bit and take 10 percent off your membership at the same time so we appreciate you guys tuning in very good and what is his website do you have that uh i think it's just u.s precision defense u.s precision defense okay very good 
And Danny, thanks for being an affiliate. And saving 10%, that's a pretty good deal. That's a nice deal. Yeah. Oh, but wait, you forgot the other part, okay? When you sign up with a vanity or a discount code from one of our affiliates, CCW Safe doesn't do price increases. So it's- No, when you, when you join with, with our company, um, whatever, whatever price you enter in at is your lifetime price, uh, unless you personally change it, if you move to a different plan or something. But if you came in at the top tier and, and picked up the ultimate plan today, um, that's a $519 check, um, $5,190 off of it if you use Danny's code. And uh, that, that $519 is locked in for life. As long as you maintain your membership, you'll, you'll not have a, a pay increase. We've, we've still got guys that came in at $79, and that's what they pay. So a uh, huge, we, huge we thing, you, you know, get in early and stay there and you've got that discount for life. It's not like it's going to get bumped next year, like other plans or other memberships. So that's a very important feature, the CCW safe. Yeah. And what's your website? CCWsafe.com. CCWsafe.com. Thank you so much. We uh, appreciate you tuning in and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. We had a great time with you, Rob. Folks, Thanks. be safe out there. CCW safe. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye.